Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome back to the Be Unbound podcast. I am your host, David Rethemeyer, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Abraham Chen. How you doing, Abe? Doing very well. We are, again, excited for today's episode. But today, we are talking with our musicians. So, David, you dabble in music, right? A little bit? A little bit here and there. Yes. So, today, we have many different musicians from all over community, all over the different generations. And we are just sitting down and talking about the writing process, the producing, performing, all these different aspects. So if you are a SEND student or if you're just uh, someone who is interested in this process, interested in getting a bit more into music production or writing and all these things, I think you'll have a really fun time today. Absolutely. Yeah, these guys are phenomenally talented, so we hope that you guys enjoy the episode. Hello, welcome on to the episode. So, so excited to have all you guys on. Um, Guys, we're talking music today, and um, I can't wait to dive into this. We have an extremely uh, cool and diverse lineup uh, for all over Unbound and um, just different forms of music, different genres, really, uh, and different generations, too. So let's start off with uh, Donnie, who is your basically ancient one at this point <laughs> with how long you've been yeah, around the community. definitely oldest generation. Yes. So uh, my man Donnie, he is uh, the Unbound Legacy guy. You might know him as that. But um, he is one of the few people who've been to basically every single Apex. That I know of, right? Um, yeah, I, I think I've made it to all of them <laughs> yes. yeah, so far. Yeah, uh, he is a guitar player, amazing musician, and um, well, I'll let him talk about uh, what he does in a second. We got my man J Lloyd Josiah. He is a rapper. If you've been around Apex, you know this man. He does some incredible, incredible stuff. Matthew Rocky, uh, you know him as literally the man of a thousand names and a thousand faces. All right. Uh, he's been around as well. He sings with his brothers in a group called the Rocky uh, Brothers and some amazing acapella stuff or, or uh, group stuff. And then last but definitely not least, we have Michael Plunk himself. Uh, if you've been around uh, also Apex, you've seen this guy with a camera. He was helping out his media team last year, but he makes some bangers. This guy uh, produces music, growing his music base. Very excited to see what you do, bro. So again, let's start with Donnie. Tell us about what you do, uh, a little bit about the music that you they like play and whatnot, and what you teach, all those things. Sure, thanks. So um, I teach guitar. I've been playing guitar for about 15 years. And my initial interest in guitar started off with old, like, 70s and 80s rock primarily mostly 80s hair metal which was kind of the interesting thing um it was it's really funny because i go and i watch the videos and like i listen for the longest time i went and i listened to the music like on spotify or on like um, my originally my cousin burned like a dvd for me when i was like nine or eight at the time because i got my first guitar when i turned nine and it was like a it was like he burned a, a cd i guess it was and i went and i listened to it for like forever and it wasn't like hair metal yet but it was like the old 70s like ario um speedwagon we had aerosmith we had like um uh, was a couple other guys um and that were on that on that cd and i listened to it and eventually got me kind of interested in music and i got a guitar and then i went and i listened to a bunch of this like 80s metal and stuff like that and rock and that sort of thing and then like 
five years later was the first time I ever saw one of the music videos. I'm like, dude, how did he like, where's the, like, that, there's a reason they call it hair metal. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I was really, pretty impressed with that, which, so obviously I haven't taken after that, but I like the music. So, <laughs> um, I got inspired with all of the, uh, that old style of music and it kind of pulled me into a bunch of other stuff. Um, eventually I got into playing jazz guitar. And so I played with the jazz band for about six years and then, couple years after that, I had already been playing guitar for about 10 years and I decided to start teaching lessons. And so I've been doing that for about the last five or six years, uh, working with students in various genres, including jazz, classical, blues, a little bit of country guitar, rock, obviously, and uh, a couple different things in that area. So, yep, that's that's what I do. And I, I really enjoy working with uh, with people. There you go. I mean, you did just say you got a haircut for this podcast. So a little disappointed, bro. Come on. Like... <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll bring my wig from uh, what was that 2019 Apex? Yes. I think it's out there in the garage, but I'm pretty sure there's something living in it. <laughs> so, yeah, insert pictures here, Mark. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, audio podcast. Mm. Uh, Josiah, tell us about what you do. Yeah, so um, most people know me as the rapper. I rap. Um, I also sing. And outside of that, you don't normally see this, but if you're on my Facebook, you might see it. I also do professional theater. Um, but yes, sir. Yes, mm-hmm. I do. Yes, I do. Um, but uh, rap is kind of like the big thing. And the way that I kind of got into rap R&B was kind of interesting because before 12 years old, I did not listen to music. Like no joke. I just didn't listen to music. All I did was just play video games. Um, until one day my sister was like, listen, this is called an MP3 player. And I was like, what? That's amazing. So I got the MP3 player and she introduced me, um, to, Tadashi and Tripoli. If anyone's familiar with the Christian rap guys, um, those are two definitely big guys, really OGs. Um, and so I heard that. I heard, I think it was uh, Tadashi's Riot. And I was like, oh man, this is amazing. This is good music. And so kind of just fast forwarding a little bit, you know, I heard it, I enjoyed it, I liked it. But uh, really what got me into rapping myself was there was actually a kid at my church who beatboxed. Um, and I thought beatboxing was the coolest thing ever. And I wanted beatbox so badly. Um, and uh, I, I tried. I wasn't that great. Um, but I kind of threw myself into it more. And that's another little secret fact is I'm, I really am good at beatboxing. I love beatboxing. Um, but that's what got me into kind of the rap. Went to a talent show. Friend of mine said, I'm going to rap. Can you beatbox for me? I said, sure. And I beatboxed for him. I looked at him. I said, I want to rap too. So after that day, I said, you know what? Let me, let me try writing some verses down. I'll tell you, they were terrible. I mean, I still have them in a box somewhere. Terrible. I mean, gosh, I, that was, it was not good. Um, <laughs> but, um, I got into it. Um, and, uh, over the years kind of developed and honed that craft. Um, and I'm at the point now where I've put out, uh, two albums, uh, actually a, a third album, a singles album. Uh, and recently featured on a song with Brian G called Power Cypher. You can find it on Spotify. Um, and it's something I just, I love doing. I love hip hop and I love R&B. It's just, it's something I really enjoy doing and, and I want to continue doing it as long as I can. So. Yes. Music and a lot of the links again, we'll be, uh, we'll have a section where you guys can shout out where you guys are working and we're definitely doing that, but all that will be in the show notes below. If you're listening or if you're watching this, check out the description. Hey, I want to say I can very much second. He is a really good beatboxer. Okay. It's, it's good. And hey, I also just the generational thing. It's hilarious. So we started with Donnie. You mentioned like CDs as a kid. Now we got MP3s. <laughs> I mean, it's just, <laughs> it just, yep. 
different things. But all right, Matt, uh, tell us about singing. So uh, again, very different uh, genre, but really cool stuff as well. Yeah, for sure. So um, kind of actually before my brothers and I started singing as a quartet, um, I grew up singing with my family. So I've got 10 siblings. Um, I'm on the bottom end of that, though. Um, so all my older siblings and parents were singing in church well before I was born. And when I was way too little to sing, they were they were doing it. And then our family did uh, a number of like local church and community events for a number of years. Um, and that's kind of where my brothers and I got together and we were like, hey, let's let's do some quartet stuff because we grew up on um, Southern gospel music. And even though we were in Wisconsin, which is not the uh, the place for Southern gospel, but somehow we managed to uh, to find it. So, um, but yeah, so we started doing some Southern gospel stuff, and then also branched into barbershop acapella as well. Um, and about 2014, um, we started doing. Uh, more stuff as a quartet and have kind of done it ever since. So um, I enjoy the singing. Uh, all of us play instruments, but we never have done it really in any of our concerts. Um, it's pretty much just vocal stuff that we do with uh, background tracks or whatever. Um, so and then I've also dabbled in writing a little bit, too, um, here and there. Um, more uh, something gospel style writing, but I've also done a little bit of country type of stuff, too. So, yeah. I will say too, Matt, like you are definitely the guy who shows me the most good country. And I mean, we'll have the whole debate. I'm saying this on record. I do listen to some country now. Some like thanks to Matt. So, hey, like growth and uh, maturity and all those things. Anyways, uh, Michael, tell us about what you do. And uh, again, I just want to say, uh, very excited for what you are doing now. Some fire beats, okay? And just um, if you've been to Apex, especially last year, you've heard stuff blasting on the speakers. So yeah, tell us about what you do. Yeah, so my music has changed over the years. Um, mm-hmm. I started out as a kid listening to cassette tapes. Cassettes. Hey. <laughs> you have everyone beat there. He beat me. Old cassette tapes. Um, <laughs> so I have a VHS player. And hey, um, yeah, right now I'm mainly uh, working in electronic space. Um, I've had the privilege of starting at the bottom, as you can see, our people who can't see because you're listening. I have guitars across my back wall in my shot, and I have many more that are off camera. Um, but yeah, I started off mainly just as a musician, just playing in worship bands uh, for churches. From there, I branched out into writing and producing. That's mainly where I stick right now. Um, I get contracted out by musicians and labels to uh, write and record for different artists. Uh, the most recent project that I just worked on was a remix with Elenium, Swaco, and Trippy Red. Um, which released and got 170,000 streams. And it was like, that was my first foray, foray into like this new style of music that I wasn't really comfortable with because I was for so long, you know, acoustic guitar playing, just chilling with the homies. And now I'm producing songs on electronic instruments and things of that nature. So it's, it's been a journey. It's been a process. And it's a lot about experimenting and just using it as an outlet. 100%. So on producing, let's stay on that for a minute. And let's talk about the process of producing and all that. What is it like for you, Michael? And I want to hear from the rest of you guys too, but what is a favorite aspect of producing or or creating for you? Absolutely. I think my favorite thing when it comes to producing is the fact that I will get on Zoom calls with people from all across the country, all across the world. And with Zoom and the technology that we have now as producers, I can come up with a song on my laptop 
from an airport lounge, from my living room, from anywhere. And with literally just the physical laptop, I can put something together and, and in real time, work with someone over all the way in San Francisco and create this musical artistic piece that's never been heard before. And just boop, there you go, demo is finished and done. And in like the music space, that's never been a thing. For the longest time, if you wanted to work with someone, you had to go to a studio with someone, you had to fly there, you had to go to England. But now we can do it all on our laptops. So that's my favorite part about producing is collaborating with anyone wherever. Yeah, and I will say that it's been an interesting couple of years for everyone. Let's just say that, right? With uh, 2020 and I mean, we're in 2022 now, but for better, for worse, yeah, everything really has just been kicked five years into the future or more. And technology is different. How things work is different now. Like working remotely is such a thing. So I do think that's fascinating. And hopefully we'll touch on that a little bit more later on. Uh, Jay Lloyd, how about for you? Um, you've been in the producing space as well. Um, what is it like for you? What are some of the favorite parts with especially writing music and all that? Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, the aspect that I like the most is it, it's kind of a storybook or a scrapbook of my life, I guess I could say. Because like music itself, once you've made that creation, it can outlive you. You know, um, you know, Frank Sinatra, he has music, but he's he's dead and gone. Um, but his music outlives him. And so when you put that that piece of work together, you know, you can pass it on to future people to listen to it. Um, but then for me personally, just looking back for my style of music anyway, because a lot of mine um, is elements of my faith or elements of stories or people that I know, um, being that I've got friends in the inner city um, and, and, and the struggles that they've gone through and kind of writing about that. Um, for me, you know, for the more personal songs, for me, I can see where my head was at mentally two years ago when I wrote that song compared to where my head is at now. Uh, and kind of sometimes I'll just stick a CD in and listen to it and go, wow, I remember what was going on when I made that song way back in the day, you know, and how much I've grown. So for me, that's like the most rewarding um, aspect of the creation process. That is so cool. Very much see that like from a story perspective, how you can weave story into like what you're doing. And, and that's just so cool. Um, it's not just, I mean, there's obvious merit and, and uh, skill in telling stories, but when it's music, there's so many different layers to that. Um, so Donnie, you teach. <laughs> um, and uh, besides playing and all that, what has been the favorite part for you being a musician? I work with a lot of students who have different goals. Um, some students are like I, you know, like I mentioned, I've sampled a lot of different styles of music. And so I have students who do that as well. And so it's always interesting to kind of watch them go along their journey. Most of the time when I talk with somebody, they're like, yeah, this is kind of like the people who I like to listen to and they'll have a few people, but they really start to branch out once they get a little more access to the instrument and they start to really understand the process of being a musician. So the thing is, is that what I always try to tell people is that it's not about like in three months, you'll, you'll be at this point, right? A lot of us have gotten on YouTube or whatever and seen like those, you know, one year progress videos. And this person goes from like, oh yeah, how do I tune a guitar to like virtuoso in like a year or even less time than that. And, and so I've had people send those things to me before and then, and then they're like, oh yeah, how do I do this? And I'm like, well, let's go through the process, but realize that what you're doing is it's all it's all based on understanding the process of learning. And once you understand the process of learning, you can build from there. So I don't know if I'm answer, answering the question or not, but essentially the way that I that I enjoy working with people is I, I like help, helping them along that pathway of learning 
the the day in and day out thing uh, as far as being a musician goes. It's just like if you're a personal trainer, you you teach them to get in the habit of just getting to the gym, and then once they're there, they can, they'll start doing stuff. It's a matter of getting them there in the first place that matters. <laughs> and so that's what we're doing is we're getting people into the gym. And then we're helping them to move forward and uh, do all that stuff. But it's kind of like what you guys were saying as well. Um, recently, I've been experimenting with uh, a lot of the online software that's available to us now where we can actually record stuff, upload it, and have students record over it. So um, that's one space that I'm also trying to work it with my students is actually getting them to start recording their own stuff, uploading it to the cloud, and letting other musicians play with it because there's lots of other... There's lots of options in there. And actually, I'd be interested to hear from uh, from you guys about how you've been doing that online collaboration. There you go. Yes, we'll definitely touch on that. Um, but Matt, I want to connect with you on, you know, we've had all the different aspects of this. For you, um, what is it about writing, singing, or even performing that that you like the most, that you connect with? Yeah, for sure. I, and I kind of relate to uh, J. Lloyd in, in some ways with us um, and the story element. Um, so writing, a lot of the writing I did was all story and song. Um, and I loved the, the that picture that you can paint um, for your listeners with that. Um, but I'm also somebody who loves the sad. Um, I love sad country songs. So um, I, I love writing sad music, too. One of my goals when I was younger was writing songs that would make my mom cry, which I was successful a few times. So um, what a goal. <laughs> maybe not the I, highest goal, but uh, I need to hear this. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> it was, make it, it honestly cry. is though, you know, um, <laughs> but, but no, just, uh, it, there's something that's really touching, you know, if you can paint a really good story for someone, um, that, that really hits, um, heartstrings, that's, that's really cool. Um, but I think one of the things that I enjoy the most is with all the concerts I do with my brothers, um, I generally am the one who, um, does all the concert orders and stuff like that. And the way I structure all, all of our concerts and programs, I try to do it in a way that brings one overarching story throughout our entire concert. Um, and so that can be kind of a challenge at some in some ways, but in other ways, uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, and um, I've really enjoyed that process. So, yeah, let's talk about that for a bit. So performing, I think, is just another really fascinating aspect. and. Um, all of you guys here uh, as musicians have performed to some degree. So Matt, let's start with you. But what's the, is there a certain thought process or I don't know, something that helps you prepare for, for performances or that mindset? I used to play classical myself. Uh, I was a classical pianist, was trained for a while and did the whole like recitals. And it's very different, extremely different. But there is like a certain mindset of like, okay, game mode, and then you go on, you do your thing. Uh, but what about for you, especially um, since you're singing quartet with your brothers, all that? What is it like? Yeah, so singing with my brothers, one thing that we've learned collectively is if we're in disagreement with each other, our concerts never go well. Um, and so it's it's an important thing that we're kind of all on the same page and uh, we, we know what, what what's going on and stuff. Um, and we clear up anything that we're, we've been trying to figure out or disagreeing on before we get into a concert. Um, cause yeah, that can definitely throw us off. Um, but I think beyond that too, just personally, um, the going into concerts, you know, um, when I first, we first started doing it, 
um, eight years ago. Um, I mean, that was the scariest thing possible. You know, um, I, I, I would get knots in my stomach, couldn't stand up, you know, um, it was terrible, but I've gotten over that definitely. Um, and I think being in, in radio for four years also helped that too. But, um, kind of the mindset going into it that I've learned is that's essential is, um, why you're doing it. Because when I go into a concert and I'm trying to be really impressive and I'm trying to impress people who are there, I never do as well as when I go into it with a mindset of, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to put it all on the table for the Lord and for the people listening. Um, but I'm not going to try to be something that I'm not. And I think sometimes in performance, that can kind of be the way that people tend to slide, you know, um, is trying to put this um, amazing face on, um, which isn't necessarily reality or who they are offstage. Um, and that can definitely um, hurt more than help um, the overall performance. Yeah, seriously. Um, the, how about the rest of you guys? I mean, with performing, uh, is there something that you guys tap into or how do you guys prep for that? Well, Jay Lloyd has brought down the house at a couple of apexes. So <laughs> I think it's, I think uh, I'd like to hear from him. Um, you know, it's funny because a lot of the stuff that I've gotten was from my experience doing theater. I have a really great teacher. Uh, she's a, a vocal teacher, Judith Ranaletta. Um, she's like a grandma to me. She has a lot of experience. She worked in Italian opera um, back in the day, and now she teaches students um, with the Rock City Singers. It's a regional show choir. Um, if you ever want to see more about them, they're on a show called uh, Gleeful. Um, they were on a show they were featured on there. Um, and I had the, the privilege of being in that group for several years as a co-president. And we did, if anyone's familiar with Hamilton, we did a Hamilton medley. And so we went around um, the area, around the region, performing this medley at different places, different events. Yeah, and one of the things she taught me was she said, when we go on stage, you know, sometimes you feel those nerves, but you can channel those nerves in such a way where pick one person in the audience and, and perform for that person, especially if we're doing something emotional. If we were doing a song uh, in Hamilton, um, the part of this, you know, the song where it says death doesn't discriminate between the sinners and the saints. It takes and it takes, but we keep living anyway. Delivering those lines and singing it and looking at the audience, you choose one person and kind of the goal is make them cry and make inspire them, um, make them laugh. And, and, and look them right in the eye and, and like you're having a conversation with them and perform that way. And also, you know, if it's a, a more energetic performance, just make everyone feel like they're having a good time. You know, just uh, make it make it hype, you know, make everyone else hype. But, you know, to enjoy that. Um, but really, it's just choosing that one person and, and performing to that one person is one thing that I really took away from my teacher, Judith. She um, that was a really good lesson, I think, even when it comes to like life. Um, giving a conversation. Um, if you're doing public speaking at an event anywhere, just choose that one person. Um, it really brings the pressure down and those nerves and you realize I'm just focusing on one, that trickle effect affects everyone. And next thing you know, you know, everyone feels it the same way. That's such a good point. And especially the whole, you're doing it for one. And what Matt, you were saying, the impressing people thing, eventually, uh, if you know Christ, you're you're doing it for God, right? And so that's very much a, a huge point. On the performing note, let me just ask this. Any interesting stories that sick or moments that have stuck in your mind? It could be good. It could be bad. I don't know. I'll let you guys decide. 
over the years with uh, all the performances. Yeah. So um, one one example that that comes to mind, not necessarily the greatest example, but um, one of those lessons you learn when we first started singing as a quartet, um, what we would generally have is we would have um, somebody else be running all the sound and we would just have like our iPad or whatever up on stage where we were starting our tracks and whatever. And uh, we were just doing this short performance one time at this place and our family was there. It, we were sit right in the middle of this song. It was it was a it was a song that started relatively quiet, but then the soundtrack built quite a bit. And so um, we're up there singing and we're in the middle of the song and um, our family, they're off to kind of the side. And there's a couple of people in my family who started trying to motion to us like the soundtrack was too loud. So to turn it down. And so I was just going to leave it because I'm like, you know what? I, we're not going to mess with this. But one of my brothers decided oh, he could he could try to get the the track down. Um, and so he started messing with the iPad without looking at it. And he skipped to the next track. And so we were right in the middle of this phrase. And all of a sudden, the track ends and this new track starts. And we're all just kind of looking at each other like, now what do we do? <laughs> and that, yeah, that memory is permanently ingrained in my mind. So just keep singing. Just keep singing. <laughs> hey, th- I, yes, those are the stories. Again, that's what I'm asking that stick to us. So lessons learned. Any from you, Josiah? I think one in particular that came to mind when you asked that question was uh, uh, we had a performance one time and this kind of goes along with uh, our Hamilton medley that we performed and I would do Aaron Burr's part and we're rapping, we're having a good time. And during the performance, uh, Hamilton and Burr get real close and we start using our hands. We're going to rise up and take our shot. Um, And uh, during that performance, um, (laughs) I put my hands up to say rise up and I punched Hamilton's hand with the microphone and I watched and I can remember in slow motion almost the microphone flying out of his hand and just rolling in a, a beautiful just pirouette as it landed on the ground and thunk 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 and you could hear in the speakers loud and we just he gave me a look for a second and then we just we just kept going and the audience kind of cringed and I, I think one of the audience members picked up the microphone and feebly tried to walk back up on stage and hand it to us and we just finished strong and you know, those are the moments that, you know, you finish and you go, oh, my gosh, did, did, did that actually just happen? You know, everything just goes in slow motion. Somehow in the end, it all works out, but it doesn't feel good in the moment. So uh, I think that, that was a big one for me. That's for sure. And yes, stories, David, I don't know about you. Uh, I know you've played music as well, but I very much relate to these uh, mishaps. Yeah. Have you had any uh, crazy stories yourself where things went wrong on stage? Oh, goodness. Uh, (laughs) uh, None that I can think of when I was performing. Uh, Typically, my biggest role in uh, music production these days is that I'm the sound guy. And so I can think of Mm -hmm. several times Mm -hmm. where I have uh, (laughs) not unmuted or potentially muted microphones at the wrong time or had to deal with feedback. So pretty much any time that you are in any sort of performing arts or like stage production, you're going to have some fun mishaps. So I appreciated these stories a lot. That is almost worse because if you're in the audio booth, everyone turns around and looks at you. (laughs) It feels like it at least. It does. There's there's that response. If you're on stage, whatever, people keep going. (laughs) With the audio, and 
as you know, I do behind the scenes in AV a lot as well. Yes, that is very much a thing. But I, hey, that is the process of learning from failure. We've heard a lot about that on the episode today. And we will have a part two. Everyone didn't get to give their full shout outs uh, at the end. But if you want to learn more about everyone's uh, music, find their social media, it will be linked in the show notes below. Do check that out. They have a lot of cool stuff. And again, as I'm sure you've heard, very talented artists. So definitely do that. Hey, learning from failure and all that. Dave, that's one of the things we talk a lot about at Unbound. And one of the things that we in a kind of way emphasize with the SEND program. This is our college program where what we do is not just take classes, take music theory, whatever, but we want to send young people out into the real world to do projects, to learn through experience and through failure. Tell us a bit about this program. Yeah. So basically, Ascend is our higher education program where we encourage students to not just look to earn college level degrees for the sake of earning college level degrees, but also we stress preparing for life and giving them real world skills and resume worthy experience that they actually use to do things that are relevant to them in the real world. So if you want to find out more about our uh, program Ascend or any of our programs for uh, high school students as well, you can visit our website. Our website is beunbound.us. That is beunbound.us. So thank you guys so much for joining us on this episode. Like we mentioned, this is part one. Part two will be coming up next week. So if it's not already up, make sure to stay tuned for when that comes out. And as always, be unbound. <laughs>